Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions as we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. of our diverse journeys and experiences, we find unity, we find love, we actually find laughter sometimes in your sanctuary. Just as the psalmist sought refuge and solace in you, we too seek the comfort that only your abiding love can provide. As we embark on this worship service, may your spirit move among us, breathing life into our praise and weaving threads of grace that strengthen the fabric of our faith community. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We're closing out our sermon series on the Psalms today. And I've got to say, I'm sad that this series is coming to an end. I'm wishing um, that I had planned longer. You know that there are 150 Psalms, so we could be doing this for like three years if we really wanted to. In this series, over the course of the last four weeks plus today, we've covered five of the 150 Psalms. Psalm 8, Psalm 55, Psalm 86, Psalm 100, and today we add Psalm 102. 
I hope that as we leave this series, what you're taking away is that the Psalms are a resource for you. That for any human experience, emotion, or thought, there's a Psalm for that. So follow along with me now to hear God's word coming to you from Psalm 102. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. For my days pass away like smoke and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is stricken and I withered like grass. I am too wasted to eat my bread. Because of my loud groaning, my bones cling to my skin. I'm like a desert owl in the wilderness, like a little owl of the waste places. I lie awake like a lonely bird on a housetop. And all day long, my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse. Indeed, I eat ashes like bread and mingle tears in my drink because of your indignation and anger. For you have lifted me up and then cast me aside. My days are like a lengthening shadow. I wither away like grass. But you, O Lord, you are enthroned forever. Your name endures to all generations. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Title today's sermon is Issuing a Complaint with God. Issuing a Complaint with God. A few weeks ago, I preached a sermon on insurance. At least that's what I'm hearing those of you are remembering about that sermon. The whole point was that unlike insurance, you don't have to have a policy to call on God. God will answer. Well, one person who's gonna remain nameless, but she gave me permission to share this with you all. One person, while she was listening to that sermon here that Sunday, she wanted to raise her hand in protest. She wanted to issue a complaint with the preacher on what I was saying, and here's why. She's a nurse at the hospital. And earlier that week, she watched a man in his 40s die. And not only that, she watched this man say goodbye to his five-year-old son. So she wanted to say, hmm, preach it on, no. Where was God answering me or this father or this son? So today I humbly stand before you and I receive her complaint. And I'm glad she's calling me out and I'm grateful that you and I, we do this rhythm every Sunday where we open the book of God's word together and we ponder this question together. Why does God answer us sometimes and then other times not? Good thing, there's a psalm for that. In fact, there isn't just one psalm for that. There are 42 psalms for that. 42 out of 150, that's almost a third of the psalms, are about issuing a complaint to God, telling God, uh-uh, something ain't right. 
There are individual lament psalms. That's what we hear today in Psalm 102 where the, the pronouns are singular, I, my. And then there are, there are laments on behalf of the whole community. You can picture like a state of the address where the nation's leader stands up and protests before God. Hey, you gotta, you gotta take care of us with this natural disaster or this enemy that's creating terror among us. Y'all lament are as old as time. In fact, they're so old that it's really difficult for scholars to date the Psalms or to tell us who penned them. We don't know for sure who wrote this Psalm 102. Some think that it was written by King David. A lot of the Psalms are attributed to King David. And they think that uh, maybe it was around the time that Absalom was rebelling. Others think that Daniel or Nehemiah wrote this psalm for God's people when they were in captivity because it kind of sounds like the wastelands of Zion. What we know is that the psalmist, like this nurse, is issuing a complaint with God. There's a pattern for most lament psalms, and it's not too different from if you or I were to issue a complaint against a company that has wronged us. First, you address your complaint to the person or the company that has wronged you. And the psalmist is doing that in the first two verses. So if you'll follow along with me, we're gonna start with verse one. Hear my prayer, O Lord. That's who we're addressing. And then we repeat it. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the days of my distress. Incline your ear to me and answer me speedily in the day that I call. I like to think of this first step in a lament psalm like get, it's um, getting God's attention. And it's not too different from when you're trying to get the attention of your kid. I don't know if any of you had this experience, but I, um, I was a kid that was like always in my mind, you know? And so I can hear the progression now from my dad. Dawn, Dawn. Donna Lane, Donna Lane Martin, and then it would get more creative from there. You know, things I can't say in church. <laughs> That's what the psalmist is doing by repeating this, is trying to get God's attention. And then we get a peek at the psalmist's basic fear in verse two, that God might hide from the complaint, that this request might just slip from the feedback box to the trash can without anyone paying attention or sending a response. Incline your ear, answer me. Answer me in six months? No, speedily, in the day that I call. There's expectation not only for God to respond, but that it would come quickly. Don't make me wait, God. So when you're in this pattern of the lament, after you address the person, then you get to describe what is wrong. I want you to think about when you're returning an item of clothing, you know, and they have you scan the QR code and then you go and it has this, these boxes, a list of boxes, and you're supposed to check what's wrong with the article of clothing, right? So it's too big, it's too small, it's not the right material or wrong color. That's what the psalmist is doing here, but picture that they're checking every single box. And not only are they checking every box, but when they get to that like write in your response, they're filling it up. There's not enough room for all the characters that this psalmist needs to use. Everything is wrong. We're gonna walk through it together. Look with me at verse three. For my days pass away like smoke. Y'all, this person is dying. Maybe they're sleeping through days at a time. 
and my bones burn like a furnace. Can you imagine a body fever like that? My heart is stricken and withered like grass. Something's been ripped away from this psalmist. Their heart is battered and bruised. I am too wasted to eat my bread. That's depression. When you can't even muster up enough energy to lift a piece of bread to chew and swallow. For hospice patients, this is the sign that someone is nearing the end. And they no longer can work up the energy to chew, to swallow, to eat. Because of my loud groaning, my bones cling to my skin. This is hunger. Even though they can't eat, their body is in protest. I'm like a desert owl of the wilderness, a little owl of the waste places. I don't know much about owls, but I did learn how much help little owls need when they're alone. During COVID, my neighborhood, Melrose Heights, discovered that there was a baby owl that had been separated from their mother. And we realized this because this itty bitty little owl was just hopping through the streets. Don't mind the cars coming through or the bicycles. And so a few of my neighbors, they went around the neighborhood. They looked at every single tree. They found where they were pretty sure the mama owl had been. And then they built steps, y'all, for the baby owl to move up in the tree to safety. Little owls need help to survive. They can't do it on their own. Verse seven, I lie awake. I'm like a lonely bird on a housetop. Who knows what it's like when you can't sleep? When you lie awake and your mind and your body is just not gonna let you go to sleep. I see you, Bo. I hope you get more sleep. All day long, my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse. Notice that the enemies here are plural. Y'all, this person who can't even eat is fighting plural enemies against them. They need someone else to protect them, someone else to stick out their neck. Indeed, I eat ashes like bread and I mingle tears with my drink. Can you imagine more vivid imagery than the sacrament of Holy Communion, eating ashes for bread and tears, mingling in your cup. It's far from a festive feast of bread and good wine. The psalmist blames God. God, you lifted me up and then you threw me aside. It's like the psalmist is saying, it wouldn't hurt so bad, God, if I couldn't remember when life was good. It wouldn't hurt so bad, this, this heart grief heartbroken grief, if I never knew what it was like to have companionship and love. It, I wouldn't be so miserably hungry if I didn't still remember what bread tastes like. The psalmist experiences pain in every sense. They're checking every box, physical hunger, mental depression, emotional loneliness, existential terror, spiritual despair. And they're still issuing the complaint. They're still calling out to God. They complain to God because they know God can do something about it. They might be afraid that God won't, but they know God can. God has lifted me up in the past. God can do it again. God, do it now. After they make their case of what's wrong, all of the things that are wrong, they tell God what they want God to do. That's the pattern of the lament. Address, describe what's wrong, tell God exactly what you want God to do. 
And then it's really interesting in the lament, it changes to kind of becoming a cheerleader for God, reminding God, God, you have done all these things in history. Help me now. Y'all, the Psalms teach us to pray. And these Psalms about lament teach us how to lament, how to issue a complaint. They're telling us that we can say anything to God. Nothing is off limits. God can handle it. God wants to handle it. God wants to hear from you. I don't know about you, but there seems to be some hesitation that I'm experiencing, I'm picking up on in Christian communities that we don't feel like we're allowed to express real emotion before God. We don't feel like we're allowed to get loud with God. Maybe we don't feel like we're allowed to be angry with God. We have to protect this image of God. We want quiet, measured faith, faith that fits into the boxes of like a 15-second prayer before dinner or a 45-minute service on a Sunday morning. But what about the nurse? What about the nurse issuing this man's death and looking into the eyes of the five-year-old son? Y'all, ain't no Johnny Appleseed prayer gonna match that pain. It's biblically appropriate for us to issue our complaints with God. Look at this psalm. They don't hold anything back. And when we issue our complaint with God, something happens to us. Old Testament scholar Ellen Davis tells us what happens to us. Listen to this. She says, the lament psalms regularly trace a movement from complaint to confidence in God, from desperate petition to anticipatory praise. She says many times they make that move without ever telling us that the external situation has changed for the better. Often what has changed is the psalmist experience of suffering. And perhaps that has changed only because she has dared to break the isolation of silence and she knows that God has heard. Perhaps what has changed is that she has dared to break the isolation of silence and she knows her God has heard. Y'all, Psalm 102 does not end here with verse 12. It goes on for a while. In fact, I encourage you to go home, open your Bible or pull it up on your phone, Google 102 and read all the way through because you can see where the psalmist tells God what they want and encourages God to do what they need. You can trace that pattern with your finger from complaint to confidence in God and the same can happen for you. When we pray these psalms, when we issue our complaints to God, we shift our lens from seeing the problems of the world to seeing God's lens of what is possible. And it's there that we start to see hope. So to my friend, the nurse, who issued a complaint with me for God not answering her call, you are right, thank you for calling me out. Scholars have long debated the question that you are asking about theodicy. Courses in seminary are dedicated to this very thing. If God is all-loving, all-powerful, and all-knowing, why doesn't God act in the face of evil? 
And I can't attempt to answer the depth of her question and knowing how God will respond, but I can let you know that crying out to God will do something to you. So cry out to God, even when it seems pointless. Even when we're, sure, we're not sure our prayer will change things, cry out when something isn't right. Tell the truth to God. God wants to hear it. And when we issue our complaint to God, when we pray the Psalms and shift from complaint to confidence, we know we are not alone. In our suffering, we are not alone. Y'all, God is with that five-year-old boy. And God is with his dad. God is with us. Amen. Understands a man in a lonely crowd, a 
man who swears he's not to blame All day long I hear him shouting out so loud Just crying out that he was framed oh, I see my light come shining We all have complaints for God. So tell God the truth. Trust that God can handle it, that God wants to be with you. And as you go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace, amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.